You're listening to Pastor Mike Greiner of Harvest Community Church in Catanning, Pennsylvania. We pray that you will be challenged today as you listen to a sermon entitled The Gift from the 2017 Christmas Sermon Series, recorded on Sunday, December 10th, 2017. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org. Let's join Pastor Mike as he preaches. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Have you heard that? It is the most wonderful time of the year. Andy Williams tells us so. Um, Bet you guys didn't even know who sang that song. I love Christmas. I think I've mentioned that before. One of the reasons I love it is, if for no other reason, in fact, this is the reason I love it, is because it reminds and focuses Christians on hope. This is a season, it's really about hope. You, You don't necessarily think of it that way, think of it about the presents and the lights and, and all that and family and stuff, but all the messages of Christmas point to hopefulness. And as we slog through the, the year, you know, and we, we're trying to deal with our daily problems and, and the sufferings and the difficulties of life, I think sometimes we forget um, that we are characters in a very happy story that ends really well. But Christmas, even though it's about a baby, always talks about hope. And, and it's hopeful. So it's time to get hopeful. Uh, faith, hope, love, these three abide. And the greatest is love. And love gets a lot of attention. And faith definitely gets a lot of attention. I think hope is neglected of the three. But it's just as needed in, in your Christian life. If you want to make it through the days, good days and bad days, hope is eternal. Hope never fails. Hope never disappoints. Why is that? Because you can always know that one day there's going to be a happy ending. You can always know that one day all that is wrong will be put right. All that hurt won't hurt anymore. And Christmas is always about hope. So it's time to be Christmassy. You can be depressed and be hopeful. You can be happy and be hopeful. You can be stressed and hopeful. Uh, You can be afraid and hopeful. Uh, that's a great thing. Look ahead and see the goodness to come. And so we start 2,000 years ago, though I said look ahead, now I'm going backwards, to Gabriel, the angel Gabriel. Uh, he, he, he was for a while a messenger of birth announcements. You think angels get a lot of jobs from God, and I don't know what all those jobs are, but we're shown a few in the Bible, and sometimes they get to do warrior stuff. That, that looks like it'd be fun. You come down and you kill a bunch of bad guys and in the name of God. <laughs> Sound like Muslim angels, but no, really, they did. In the Old Testament, the angels would come and beat the bad guys up and, and, um, and they have flaming swords and, and, uh, and they, they, you know, they make donkeys talk and, and, and they have a lot of really wild jobs. Um, but I bet you Gabriel never thought he'd have a job of, of just making birth announcements. Um, and, and yet that's what his job was. He, he went to a guy named Zechariah, and uh, he said, um, your wife's going to have a baby. Now, he was a priest, and, and uh, he was old. And his wife was beyond the point of, of having babies. She'd always wanted one and, and didn't ever get one, and now it was too late. And then this angel shows up to the priest when he's in the temple doing his worship deal, and, and the angel says, God heard your prayers, dude. You, he called him dude, you, dude, are going to have a baby, your wife's going to have a baby. And, um, and then Zechariah, hearing this, thought, well, my wife, he, <laughs> he's, 
this angel must be talking to the wrong priest because my wife is old. So he, he looks at Gabriel and he says, um, how am I going to know that what you're telling me is true? By the way, if an angel is ever talking to you, this is not the right question. Never say, how do I know what you're saying is true? They get really ticked. Never ask an angel for a fact check. Never tell an angel he gave you fake news. He, he, the, angel, the angel said, well, I'll give you a sign. Since you don't believe when an angel from heaven talks to you, how about you can't talk? And then Zechariah goes, he couldn't talk. In fact, he couldn't talk until the baby was born and... And uh, so he went, but he did go home and somehow told his wife, I guess he, he wrote on a slate, I don't know how he told her, that uh, well, maybe he didn't tell her. Maybe he just he said, <laughs> you know, you're, you're quiet but romantic tonight, Zechariah. What's gotten into you? <laughs> I don't know. But she was very excited, um, so happy that she hid herself for five months, which, um, you know, I... If you're, if you're known in your community and, and you're old and you haven't had a baby and you're pregnant and you're delighted, maybe you just hide yourself. How do you, how do you tell the ladies? How do you tell them? <laughs> You'll never guess. <laughs> no one guess that. After about five months of pregnancy up in heaven, Gabriel is told, okay, that went well. You have another announcement. And that brings us to what we often remember when we think of Christmas and that's Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And that's, we're going to walk through Luke, 21, Luke 1, 26 through 38 and see what the Bible teaches us about Gabriel and his encounter with a woman named Mary. So Luke 1, 26, in the sixth month, that's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. It, it, it made the Bible, right? In the sixth month, month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee, named Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is a nothing town. A nothing town. The towns in the New Testament, um, if you read about the towns of Israel, most of them, you can go in the Old Testament and see what happened there in ages past in Israel. And many of them had many important things happen at them. Not Nazareth. Nazareth isn't even mentioned. Nazareth is a nothing town in the middle of nowhere. All right? This is, every, every one of us at all of our campuses has a town like this near us. And you could probably name the town right now, and half the people in the room don't even know the town. That's Nazareth. Nazareth wouldn't be known today except the Catholic Church put a church on it <laughs> so that you could go and visit the birthplace of, of Jesus. And that's where Gabriel was sent. Not near as impressive as Elizabeth's house, because she lived in the hill country of Judah, which is a very well-populated, nice place to be, and it's right near Jerusalem, the holy city, and uh, near the temple. Uh, But no, not this time. You're going to a house in Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was... Mary. So that, that town is put on the map. It's, this is like a George Washington sleeps here kind of thing. <laughs> right? You, he, he, no one would know the town was there until Gabriel came to make it famous. And um, so he has a pretty upbeat greeting. He's a cheerful guy today. He doesn't have to slay anyone or carry a flaming sword. It's just another birth announcement. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. 
That's, that's upbeat, right? That's a happy way for an angel to, to, to come in and say hello. Now, by the way, in your head, when I say angel, don't see a woman with wings, a beautiful woman with wings. Those aren't, well, they are angels, but they're not real. There's nothing in the Bible that ever has an angel who's a beautiful woman with wings. Um, men invented those, I think. <laughs> when angels come to earth, they don't normally have wings at all. They look like great big shiny men that scare you. And I don't know why they scare you, probably the quality of who they are. A great big shiny other species that looks like a dude is scary. Um, but this one, he's, he's like, well, I don't want to scare this little girl. I'm going to come in and be friendly. Hey, old favored one, God is with you. Greetings. But it didn't work. The Bible says she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Mary's frightened, she's confused, and she's sitting around thinking, what, what, what did that angel call me, favored Favored one? Me? And then the angel uh, uh, said, I, I don't know, he maybe saw she was afraid, because he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I know, you're shocked. <laughs> She's like, favor? Um, I, I mean, I'm well behaved, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't think I'm perfect, and, and uh, I don't know how, how heaven knew. And um, anyway, see, don't be afraid. The next part is going to be kind of scary, though, I think. After you tell a woman, a young woman, first you're an angel, and you blow her away by being angelic in her face, and then say, don't be afraid, she starts to calm down, and then you lay this on her. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. <laughs> it's like, is this happening? Who's talking to me? I don't know where Mary was. Was she in a house? Was she outside? Was she walking on the road? For all we know, she was catching fish. We don't know what she was doing. But this angel shows up, and then he lays this on her. You're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son. Now, I'm sure Gabriel, I don't know if Gabriel knows women, because I don't think angels are married. Um, if you tell a woman something like that, you've just distracted her. She, <laughs> she's going to be thinking some very practical thoughts from that point on. She's going to want to know who, how, how do you know. It's not a dude he's talking to. You can't just lay that and go out, but he, go on, but he does go on. And then he says this, you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus, uh, Joshua and Jesus are often indistinguishable in Hebrew. Um, God saves. God saves. He will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high God. Or the most high, that is God. How fast did the angel talk? Because I need time to take this in if I'm her. Um, I think he talked slow enough that she could take it in. But first you're going to be pregnant. Okay, this is a mind blower right there. Kind of the same thing Zechariah got. Your wife's going to be pregnant. But that happened in the traditional way, just not the regular timing. This one, he hasn't told how it's going to happen. She's not married. He's told him his name. He's going to be called the son of the Most High. Jews think the Most High is God. And they're right about that. That's God. So there's no way you can compute that. Then, she, then he says, and the Lord God will give him a throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. He's going to be the son of God... And he's going to be 
a son of mine. How can both of those things be true? Uh, The angel goes on, doesn't give her time to think. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, he had said to her. Um, Who's David? Who's David? Uh, uh, It's the house of David. That means the family of David. This family is so proud of their heritage. David has been dead for 1,000 years in your family album. Do you have any pictures of anyone from 1,000 years ago? (laughs) Anyone who looks like it. (laughs) But do you have... Did you write... Did did someone write down the names of your ancestors? Think about that for 1,000 years ago. The, the Jews are a very unique people. It's amazing how they have survived throughout the last 2,000 years without a nation. And, and this week, something historic happened. Um, uh, not the greatest nation in the world declared Jerusalem was their capital, you might have heard, which they already thought it was their capital. But really, how did this people wait until the 20th and the 21st century to have a home to live on? And how... Did they not just blend into the nations? How do the Jews remain Jews? This is an amazing people. They know whose family they're in from a thousand years ago. Think about that in your own family. I don't think there's a family in, in our church who can point back a thousand years. Not one. There's a certain pride in knowing you're from the house of David. Mary was. Mary knew. My family came from David, the great king of Israel. And so did my fiancés, they didn't have French then, so they didn't say fiancé. I almost made a comment about the French, but I got to lay off the French. Maybe there's some family pride. Okay, God had made a promise to David, and it's in the Bible. And Mary knew this. It's in the Bible. One of his children would always sit on the throne of Israel. At that time, Israel was in the middle of a political mess, much like today. They didn't run their own country. The, the Romans did. And there was no son of David on the throne. And they thought, well, revolution is going to happen eventually. One of these days, we're going to take over. And then one of the children of David is going to be the king because God said so. And now this angel standing here telling me... Maybe that's the one thing she understood. She's telling me my son's going to be the king of Israel? My son? I'm from Nazareth. David has a lot of descendants around here. Finally, the angel said, um, I'm going backwards because he, he gave a lot of info. I don't want to rush by it. He said, he will reign over the house of Jacob. Who's Jacob's house? We know who David's family is. House's family, if you didn't pick that up. Well, Jacob is... All the tribes of Israel. Because Jacob lived a thousand years before David. Not quite, but about. And his name was changed to Israel. He had 12 sons who were the fathers of the 12 tribes. Including one of his sons was named Judah. And Judah was the tribe David was in. So she's saying, your son is going to reign over all of Israel. All the Jews. And then his kingdom will have no end. Wow. That's a lot to lay on one little young lady. Now, we don't know how old she was. Um, We don't have any idea how old she was. She could have been 20. Many people put her at like, they married young. She was 11 then. 
Roy Moore would have loved living then, I guess. I don't know. Too soon? Sorry. Um, <laughs> but she, she was old enough to marry. She's past puberty. 17, 18 she could have been. And you're laying on her. You're going to be pregnant. I am an angel. God, you're favored with God. He's going to be called Son of the Most High. He's going to be called, uh, he's going to be called Great. He's going to be on the throne of David forever. Do you think she's going to believe him? Mary didn't have any problems Zechariah had. Zechariah looked an angel in the face and said, How do I know what you're saying is true? Not Mary. She believed. You see, maybe that's why God called her favored one. What's the one thing you have to have in order to gain the favor of God? What is the one thing? It's faith. It's always been faith throughout the Bible. That's what Abraham had. Abraham believed God, and his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. It's not your good works. It's not your good church attendance. It's not your Bible memorization. The way you please God always is faith. And she believed the word of God. And so she believed the words of this angel that came from God. She believed him. But she is a woman. And therefore, unlike a man who might get caught up in the glory. I mean, you, you, why did she go, the angel go to her first and not Joseph and say, look, we're about to mess up your life, dude. Because an angel would go to him in a dream. You're, <laughs> we're going to make your, your, you know, your girlfriend's going to be pregnant and it ain't going to be yours. And but don't worry, because that boy is going to be the son of the Most High. And he's going to sit on the throne of David forever. You don't tell a man that. Because a man immediately forgets the practical world he lives in. And thinks, this is awesome. I mean, he goes out and buys a new shirt. And, 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 and he holds that eye. And he says, I am going to be the father of the king. You know, it, we're into armies and wars and killing and glorious, the champion. Mary's a woman, and women are often practical when men aren't. And she says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? You see, that's a very practical question. A woman is not thinking about the glory of being the king. She's thinking, okay, I listened to all that stuff. Could we go back to the very beginning part where you said I conceive? (laughs) I believe you just need a little little bit of the mechanics. You see, Um, single... (laughs) You just, you just got to love her response. Zechariah is like, how do I know what you're saying is true? She knows it's true. She wants to know how it's going to be done. Angel said an answer that no person has ever heard in the history of the world or ever will again. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High, there's God again, will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God, and that's a great, if you have your Bible open, that's a great little phrase to underline. The child to be born will be called holy, and the Son of God. So how is this baby going to get into her? No ordinary means. Don't even think that way. The, the God who makes all babies, who made the first humans, is simply going to come upon her, and boom, you're pregnant. The Holy Spirit is going to handle this. But the child to be born will be called holy. All children seem holy when they first come out. Give them a couple years. I just read an article 
It's, it's humorous to watch the social scientists try to deal with human nature, which is what they study, because <laughs> their explanations are. This one said, this one said, science, th- no kidding, the, the, the headline of the article was something like this. Science has discovered why your toddler says no. And I'm thinking, this is going to be good. I'm, I'm going to read this whole article. Science, I, we know, right, Christians? The Bible tells us ever since Adam and Eve fell into sin, all their children have sin within them. And as soon as they're old enough to know right and wrong, they will disobey. And that's why they say, no, mom, no, dad, yet. Nine. But science has figured it out. And, and they use that language throughout. Science has found out. I don't know who science is. It's some, some knowledge-producing god somewhere in a laboratory named science. And science said that the, the reason they say no is because they can, which I thought that's not that profound. But that's actually what the article said. But it went on to say because they have discovered they have a will. And what they'd like to do is to create their own world. And so... I have to stop with that now and go back to the sermon, but just one little practical application they gave that I think this is why our culture is a wrecking ball. They said, so therefore, moms, what can you do to handle them saying no? Give your toddler more choices. <laughs> and if you're a mom and you give your toddler a lot of choices, I'm not going to have to embarrass you because I'm talking to the whole group. Stop it. Don't ask, do you want peanut butter or chicken fingers or pizza? You pick, you give it to them, they eat it. Ugh. Give them choices where there's no answer that's no. Not people who, science must not have kids. Because if you do that, do you, honey, do you want to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? You, I'm so confused, I don't know how to say no. They're like, the green one. Nah. You know, they don't care. See, the reality is, parents are a blessing because they train children. They help teach us to restrain the evil within us. That's That's good. That's a good thing, because we will do evil, because we're not born holy. We're born without sin in the sense that we have never sinned until you know right from wrong, then you might, but you have a wicked nature. (laughs) The sin is there, waiting for a chance to come out. Not Jesus. Look at that little sentence. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy. The son of God. This is an unusual child. Right from the start. He's, he's the son of God, but he's also your son. And he's holy. Before she has time to process, the angel, the angel I think is getting into hanging out with women and, because he loves to bring good news. And I like that. I like that. He's like, I got more good news. I think he's supposed to pause and give her a couple hours to have some tea and think over what he just said. But he can't wait. So he throws at this little lady one more thing to blow her mind. Verse 36. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. You wonder if there was a little more conversation that didn't make the Bible. She's like, in the traditional way? In the traditional way, he probably said. And this is the sixth month. She's six months pregnant. How did I not hear? She's hiding. With her who was called barren. People were rough on women back then. If you didn't have a baby, they'd say, oh, that's the barren woman. Oh, thank you. 
Why not just give me a paper cut and put lemon juice in it? For nothing will be impossible with God. And he's proven it. This woman is past the age of having babies. She's going to have a baby. This young lady, who's, let's call it before the age of having babies, if you will, at least before the situation where she should have them, she's going to have a baby. And what does this cause in Mary? We know from looking what happens later in the chapter, she thinks, what? Aunt Elizabeth? Or great cousin Elizabeth? She's older than her by a couple generations. She's pregnant? What does she think, ladies? What none of us men would think. Men, men would think, huh, she's pregnant too. Is he going to be one of the generals who works for my kid? You know, that's the way we go. She thinks, I've got to go see her and just share the, the news, share the joy. I've got to see her. I've got to talk to her. And there was no Facebook. So she, <laughs> this is thrilling news. She would leave. As soon as the angel's done, the Bible says she takes off. And then she takes off on a journey. That's going to take her about 80 miles probably to the hill country, which is the same journey she would take uh, nine months later, by the way. But not probably not nine months later, but we'll get to that next week um, when we deconstruct your entire nativity scene. But that's next week. This week, we're going to leave it alone. And, and just note that she, she found a way to get down to the hill country because she wanted to see Elizabeth. But... That's not for us. For us, we need to see how she handled the angel. So how did she respond to the angel? Because now she wants him gone. I got to go see Elizabeth. We're done talking. You said enough. Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's another one to underline. Should we not all receive every word from God with that kind of attitude? Should you not, when you open your daily bread in the morning and read your little portion of scripture, say exactly what Mary said? I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. What a beautiful example of obedience and humility. She doesn't argue. She just says, may God's will be done. It's, it's just lovely. I'm your servant. I'm bound by your word. Jesus, by the way, taught us to pray this every day. We just pass by this little phrase in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. Uh, When you think of that next time, think of Mary and think, am I praying like Mary? Behold the servant of the Lord. Your will be done. Um, In any case, that's our text. I want a little deeper consideration before the Son of God before we stop and sing more to him. All right? Let's think about this um, a bit. He has no human father. He has a human mother, but he has no human father has anyone who ever lived not had a human father in fact two other people one was named adam and one was named eve they had no they're the only two people had no human father adam was made from the dirt and eve was made from the rib so ladies if your man ever tells you he's more valuable than you you just remind him where you came from all right you're made out of dirt i'm made out of a more expensive cut But neither of them had a human father. They were like Jesus in that. But where they weren't like Jesus is they were made out of earth stuff. Dirt and man bones. (laughs) That's earth stuff. Jesus wasn't made of earth stuff. He came down from heaven. He already existed in heaven. And he came and, and he really... 
humbled himself, humiliated himself, condescended, whatever word like that you want that means to take something very high and bring it very low. He, he accommodated to us, he acquiesced to us, he became very small and became flesh, but he came from heaven. Now God, this is where people run into philosophical problems with the Trinity and theological problems with the Trinity. Don't walk into those. Let's just keep it as simple as the Bible tells us. There's only one God, and that God has three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but they're all one God. And that one God is always God, he's always triune, But one of the people, one of the persons, let me put it that way, of the Trinity, the son, the second one, actually took on a body. He did not change into a man. Never say God changed into a man because God cannot change. But what he did do was he took on a body. He added a body. And that body, that son of God, wore a diaper, learned to walk and talk, and he learned to stand on his wobbly feet, And he walked with us. Jesus walked among us. He walked the earth. And that's why we say God with us. Emmanuel. This is the remarkable truth that the world is bowled over by. Some people get it and they're changed forever. Other people go, I don't know. Let me think about it. Then they don't. And some people say it can't be. But we say we know that God walked with us. The name Emmanuel means God with us. And the Old Testament prophesies that's going to be Messiah's name. Remember that, that song, Hark the Herald Angel Sings? It's at the end of the Charlie Brown Christmas special where all their mouths go up like this and you can look up their nose and their mouths will get real big and they sing that. Remember? It's not Hark Herald the Angel Sings. Don't think you... <laughs> his name's not Harold. <laughs> it's, Hark, it's Hark the Herald Angel Sings. We don't even know if that angel sings, by the way. We're going to cover that text next week. Come back for the herald angels singing. This might be, I think, if you're going to know one Christmas hymn, one Christmas song, let it be Hark the Herald Angel Sings. If you can only know one. There are a lot of good ones. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time. For us, A.D. 0, it's kind of on time, but for them, it was late in time. Behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. So he's a body and he's covered up. You can see God in him, but he's veiled in flesh. Hail the incarnate deity. Incarnate means put meat on. It's God with meat on. (laughs) Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus or Emmanuel. Now, unlike Adam and Eve, though, Jesus had a mother. They didn't have an earthly father. They also had no mother. Their mother was dirt and ribs. He had a mom, right? Now, we got to be careful of this. She is to be uh, lifted up for her humility and for her faith, like we would lift up Abraham or the Apostle Paul. She is among women who ever had the greater honor. Among men who ever have the greater honor. But men were never eligible for this honor. So among women. But she never rose to God's status. Right? Christian tradition has sometimes made her God. Made her never sinned. Made her a virgin perpetually. That's Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) 
from England. She, she would go on to, to consummate the marriage with Joseph and have children. So Adam and Eve had no mother or father. Jesus had a, a heavenly father, no earthly father, but he had a mother. He is God. He is man because he came out of a woman. But he's the only man born of a woman who is God. Right? You were all born of women. Every one of you. Uh, science, whoever that is, is trying to figure out a way to make you without the normal way. But they haven't figured it out yet. So you're all born of a woman. Like him, you were born of a woman. He's like you and you're like him. But unlike him, he's not only the son of God, you have sin, he has none. He's holy. He's born holy. Why? Because he had no human dad. That's freaky to me. Didn't mom, can't mom pass on sin? Apparently, mom can't pass on sin. So if there's a young couple and the kid's acting up, the wife can, in a way, theologically point to him and go, that's your fault. (laughs) I can't pass that on in my genetic code. Sure, I gave him the blue eyes, but I didn't give him that. It's you. (laughs) You know, the Bible calls the sin of Adam and Eve the sin of Adam. He is the head. And so he takes the responsibility. Jesus did not have sin. Unlike Adam and Eve, Jesus had grandparents. Adam and Eve had no grandparents, which is sad not to have a nana and a pappy, and they didn't. He had, he had a stepdad, I guess, or let's call him a surrogate dad. What would Joseph be called? A surrogate dad. Um, and that dad was a son of David. He was in the line of David. A thousand years before David came. And Mary's in the line of, don't worry, they're not sister and brother. Remember, a thousand years have gone by. And and, and they had parents, and parents, and parents, and parents, and parents. So Jesus could say, my granddad is David. Now, if you're a granddad, you have a granddad from a thousand years ago. You don't know who he is. You have a grandma from a thousand years ago. You don't know who she is. But one thing we do know, because science tells us, is we can take your DNA, and we can know something of the DNA of your granddad. Because you carry it all the way down. So Jesus, because of his granddad, is a legitimate, physical, human son of David. He's the son of God. He's the son of David. Perhaps that's why God had, he had to be born in Bethlehem. It was, the prophet said, had to show his Davidic, because that's David's city. David was promised by God, you will always have a child on the throne. Now David thought of this in the way kings always thought of this. I have my son Solomon, he'll have a son, he'll be on the throne, and and each one of us dies, and the next person takes our spot, right? This is the way David would have thought of that. There will be a forever throne, and we'll just keep having kids to supply it. He never realized that God's promise wasn't that. One of your kids is named Jesus. He's going to take your throne, and he's just never going to die. Because Jesus did die on a cross. Why? For our sins. Piercing Mary's soul piercing his body, and the one holy child born died for all of us unholy children 
so that we could be washed clean and be holy, right? Amen? Amen? But then he rose from the dead never to die again in a glorified body. So David's son is going to be sitting on that throne forever and ever and ever. You can only do that if you're human, David's son, and you're God. You couldn't pull this off any other way. There had to be the God who is man and the man who is God. David thought it's going to be one of my kids. Jesus, God saying, I always meant Jesus. <laughs> um, 700 years before Isaiah prophesied this. And, and this is familiar, Christmas time, but now's the time to look at it. When you're thinking of little Mary, and I think she had a good pregnancy, you know. Don't you think God's going to cut her a break, not too much morning sickness? It's the Son of God, after all. When you think of that, think of this. For to us, a child is born. This isn't just your kid, Mary. This is all, for all of Israel and really for all the world. The angels will tell us. For to us, a son is given. And he's going to be so great that the government shall be upon his shoulder. What government? All government. What would it be like to live as human beings with perfect government? None of us have ever seen it. We will. You could trust Jesus. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Cool. He's going to have all this wisdom. He's going to be called Mighty God. He's going to be called God. Yeah. He's born, but he's going to be called, he's going to be called Everlasting Father. He's going to be called, isn't that God's name? Yeah. He's going to be called Prince of Peace. That sounds like a man's name. It is, probably. The increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. My friends, Christmas is a time of hope because that's what's coming. What's coming? You, heaven is not going to be you floating around in a, in a cloud with a harp and a dress. You're going to be in a body, in a place called earth or new earth or whatever we call it then. And there will be a government and it will be ruled forever by Jesus. And there will be no more sorrow, no more pain. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, this prophecy is fulfilled in the womb of this fine young lady, Mary. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in you tonight, little lady. One last comparison with Adam, and then we'll be finished. Adam began a new race. You know, we talk, we use the word racism wrong. Um, there isn't many races of humans. I mean, we use it, you can use it that way. But if you were to talk like science, <laughs> race means all of us. There's only one race, different color people in that race. There's just one race, human race. We all come from the same two people. And Adam started it with Eve. Adam was the very first man. He was alone for a while until God made Eve. He was the very first one. He started it with Eve. Adam would, in the traditional way, <laughs> conceive with Eve, and they'd start having babies. Who would conceive in the traditional way, with one exception? And they're all like Adam, homo sapien. Adam is the first father of all of us. His DNA is in you, it's in me. If we go back to either Noah or Adam, we're going to find we are cousins. 
we're all like Adam. And because he fell into sin, we've all got sin, with the one exception, right? But even Jesus, not counting the sin, is like Adam. He has a body. It can die. It can get sick and all that stuff. It's like Adam's body. That's the model God used. I'm going to put a baby in you, and it's going to be, well, since it's the son of the most high, can it have some improvements? No. Like room for the wisdom teeth, can we work that out? It's the son of the most high. It shouldn't have these, these faults in it that we have. Nope, it's going to be just like Adam, except without sin. And the Bible says he was like us in all ways except for sin. Well, Jesus is like Adam in this way too. Adam started a race. Did you know Jesus also started a new race? You could call it Homo sapiens 2.0. The Bible says Jesus is the firstborn from the grave. This is figurative language. He was not born from a grave. Graves don't give birth, they give death. That's figurative language, but it points out that God did not allow his son to undergo decay. He's not going to allow his holy son to undergo decay. So when he laid down his life, the only thing that stayed dead there is my sin and yours. His body got up again. But when it got up, it got up new and improved. We call it glorified. You can glorify is just a word for we don't know what an amazing body like that is like. It's a perfect, human, glorious, a made permanent body, a made holy body, an unbreakable body, an unsorrowable, you can't be sad body, a can't be scared body, can't be scared body, a can't be faithless body, perfect body. He got up with one of those, and he was, like Adam, the only one of his race at that point. But the Bible says he's the firstborn from the dead. And that everyone who is born into Jesus will gain the same body. Now, here's where I just took a turn. Born into Jesus, what are you talking about? I'm talking about not born of a woman. Every one of you here, every one of you was born of a woman. How do I know? Because you're here. That's the only way in. All right? The, the miracle comes through a woman. Every one of you is born a woman. And every one of you is a son of Adam or a daughter of Adam. And every one of you is going to croak, push up daisies. Right? Shed the mortal coil. Buy the farm. Kick the bucket. Pass. Die. <laughs> and that's the end of you. That is the end of you. At least your body. It's the end of your body. That birth expires when you die. And that's it. Adam's body is not that great. Eve's body is not that great. And you have one. It's just going to croak. But you can be born again. In fact, Jesus said in John 3, 3, unless a man and a woman too be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Because you don't have a body. You have to be sin free with a body that can handle the glory of God. This body can't. Look what the Bible says. Oh, I'm going to read it to you. You don't have to look. But to all who did receive him, to all who received Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. To everyone who received Jesus. To everyone on the earth, no. To everyone who received Jesus, yes. Well, it doesn't matter what religion you are. All the religions are the same. It doesn't matter as long as you're faithful and do good deeds. Baloney. Because your same good deed doing religious self is going to end up Worm food, just like the rest of us. I don't care how good you were. You could be the goodest good they're ever gooded. You're going to just be worm food. 
What, why'd you waste your time? No, everyone who believed in his name, who, who did receive him. Those things are the same thing. Because believe doesn't just knowing, it's receiving. Receive, receive, take into you. You ever receive poison? You ever receive medicine? You ever receive food? What do you do? You stick it in you, and it's going to do what it's going to do. That old Cheech and Chong, two stoners, guy starts to freak out, and the guy says, hey, take these. And he takes a whole handful of pills. And then the other guy says, hey, no, don't take those. Right after he gives them to him, he goes, I just took them. He goes, man, that's the most acid i ever seen anybody do. <laughs> and the other guy gets scared. Because once you put it in your mouth, it's going to have its effect. Once you drink poison, once you eat food, once you receive it, we ain't talking about things that go in your mouth. We're talking about receiving Jesus. It's not the same as saying, oh, I believe that's true and I go to church. Anyone could do that. Devils do that. Devils believe it's true, and trust me, they try to get into church. Don't know it? Ever been to a business meeting in most churches? No, to receive him means you take him in. For those people... Who gave, he gave the right to become the children of God. Now look how it says it. Well, listen how it says it, because I'm reading it to you. Though, this is from John chapter 1, if you want to look later. Those who were born, born of Mary, born of a woman? No. Born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There is a birth that is not your earthly birth, and you must have it. If you want to receive Christ, that is the birth. Have you been born of God or just of a woman? Are you just born of the flesh and the will of man? You can be born again and you must be. I'm going back to that one Christmas hymn you should all pay attention to. Hark the herald angels sing. Mild he lays his glory by. Jesus mild, I guess, sleeping peacefully till the kid with a drum shows up. <laughs> mild he lays his glory by. He lays the glory of heaven by. Here's what the hymn writer said, and it's biblical truth. He was born that man no more may die. All of Adam's race dies. His race doesn't die. I was born to transform you humans, not me, Jesus could say this, into a new human, human 2.0. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. I know you want to sing the next line, but I'm not leading you in song. You just give glory to the newborn king yourself. As man, have you received him? As human being, have you received Christ as your Savior? Have the people around you received Christ as your Savior? Do you care? You need to care. This is a time of hope. Look, you could be depressed today. You could be anxious today. Because there's people who can say, well, you don't know what I'm thinking. I'm really sad right now. This stuff isn't true when you're sad. Trust me, we all know what it feels like to be sad. It's true when you're sad. You can be in physical pain. We all know what that feels like. It doesn't matter. I'm bringing you a message of good news and hope that you can have a body that will never die. You can be known as a child of God and you can have joy forever and it's because Mary had a baby but you must receive him as your savior. He did the work of dying on the cross. You do the agreeing. You stop saying no. 
If the spirit of him, Romans 8, 11, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. My mortal body becomes an immortal body. Hey, I know it looks good like this. You're thinking, how could it be better, Mike? I know. I... <laughs> but it can. Through his spirit that dwells in you. Christian, his spirit's in you right now. You already have the down payment. You have the promise. You have the promise. With it, you're going to open gifts and you're going to buy gifts. Some of them you're going to want to buy. Some of them you're going to be excited to see someone open. By the way, we don't need you humbug saying you shouldn't have, take it back, why'd you do it? Because then you're going to ask us, we're going to say, well, why did we do it? You're such a grump about it. I was hoping it would cheer you up. Why did you spend so much money? So you'd smile. It didn't work. <laughs> Here's how you open a gift. Wow, thanks, that's awesome. Okay, there's your lesson. Some of them you're going to like getting, some of them... If you get a gift you don't like, do you have to tell them? Don't tell them. The person gave you a gift that's very sweet. That is just sweet. Look at them all like, like a second grader saying, Daddy, I made this for you if, you, if that helps you. It might be a second grader. Don't be a humbug, but instead... That gift is like something. It's like something. You know what it's like? Jesus. God gave Jesus to you, and he gave him to me. So how about this Christmas? You make gift giving and getting an act of true worship. No one may even know what you're thinking, but you can think every time you open one, thank you, God, for my eternal life. Thank you for Jesus. We have all these songs that say rejoice. Well, you need something to rejoice about. If you rejoice about nothing, you just become this kind of foolish dude (laughs) or chick. (laughs) You're just nuts. (laughs) Rejoice that Mary had a baby. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Harvest Community Church. We invite you to join us at any one of our four campuses located in Catanning, Petrolia Valley, Indiana, and Freeport. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org.